Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Epsilon and their award-winning People Cloud loyalty solution. Epsilon is now offering my listeners access to the Forrester Maturity Assessment, a 10-minute quiz that will help you assess your loyalty program across six key areas and receive recommendations on how to improve your approach. For more information and to take the quiz, visit emia.epsilon.com forward slash Let's Talk Loyalty. So welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. And today I am delighted to be talking to an award-winning loyalty program um, from a company that has a couple of incredible statistics. First of all, I was looking at things like market capitalization. I was looking at things like retail footprint. And I was also, as I said, looking at the Loyalty Magazine Awards and seeing this brand coming up uh, left, right and center. So first and foremost, um, Shell is a company that will be known to, I'm sure, absolutely every single listener. The company is operating either directly or indirectly in about 80 countries worldwide uh, with loyalty programs in 21 of those countries. Now, obviously, the world is a big place and a very different place. So I'm really happy to be talking to Pavel Loss, who is actually the global loyalty program manager for Shell, to talk us through all of the various exciting programs that Shell runs around the world. So first and foremost, Pavel Loss, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Good afternoon, Paula. How are you today, Pavel? I'm all right. Uh, it's great to be here. Great, great. And I should first of all compliment you on um, your loyalty to Shell. I see over 20 years working in the business. Indeed, indeed. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been an, an interesting journey. I started uh, uh, in Shell 20 years ago. Uh, I, I actually started as a marketing support to a local loyalty manager. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and and through various roles in Shell, either locally, regionally, I was in London, based in London, a couple of years, yeah. uh, managing them back in back in Prague, and I'm from Prague originally, okay. based based here in Prague, back home again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the marketing manager for Central Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. and now just recently, kind of, you see this as a closing the loop. Uh, I came back to loyalty, and I've uh, been since early 18, 2018. Okay. Uh, I'm the global loyalty manager. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, congratulations on that. It's just an incredible story. I don't think I've spoken to anyone actually who's just got 20 years consistently working through loyalty in different uh, roles. So so loads to share. Um, Pavel, as you know, I always start the show um, really just to, to educate the listeners as much as possible with a couple of wow statistics. And I know you have some amazing insights from all of your work around the world. So first and foremost, let's start talking about what are your favorite loyalty statistics i mean you hit the nail on the spot right the amount of data yeah. and statistics is often very overwhelming 
but I say ultimately we are in commercial roles and our jobs is to generate revenue for our shareholders. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't really talk about anything else than commercial value or value per customer. Mm. Uh, we know that our most engaged loyalty customers spend four to five times more than loan loyalty customer. Mm -hmm. uh, and they on average generate significantly higher annual margin, margin right? And that, that annual margin is the statics that I'm interested in uh, about. Mm -hmm. I can't obviously talk about the actual number, but sure. it is, I, I yeah. assure it is high enough to generate interest within the company. Okay. Uh, and loyalty, loyalty is an impact on some of the softer metrics like brand preference and our loyalty customers prefer the shell brand more than twice than the regular uh, other shell users. Wow. Um, I do have one, one specific statistics that I find quite interesting. 63% mm -hmm. uh, of our customers never visit more than two sites, two petrol stations. Wow. Uh, which just proves that our, our business is very much location-based, right? We are location-based business. The, 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 where the site is located, that's, uh, that primarily drives the, the success of the site. Uh -huh. uh, and those 63% of customers who never been to more than two sites, I, mm -hmm. I also see this as an opportunity mm -hmm. right? because it, it is our opportunity to, to help these customers mm -hmm. uh, when they are traveling, when they are in their unfamiliar territory mm -hmm. uh, to find shell branded site easier. And that's where we need to be yeah. more, uh, even more smarter than we, we have been in the past. Wow. I love that you see that as an opportunity, Pavel, because I think the number you gave to me before we came on air was 45,000 retail sites around the world. So if I've only been to two, I've got, you know, another 45,000 <laughs> to find on your app or, or whatever. So well done. Best of luck with that. <laughs> oh, no, it's brilliant. No, I, I absolutely love it. And uh, as I said, I did an episode recently with the Loyalty Magazine Awards and we both attended that uh, event online mm -hmm. this year. How did you enjoy it? Uh, I must say the uh, the magazine has done a brilliant job. A brilliant job. It was a, a fun event, obviously in these difficult times, a virtual event. Uh, but you could see the, the excitement around uh, people gathering in a small rooms and having a yeah. side chit chat. Uh, and the actual announcement was uh, very exciting. And obviously, I'm proud. Yeah. Uh, we managed to won three awards, uh, been shortlisted for a fourth one. Wow! Uh, so I. I take uh, this year as a very successful, uh, successful year. Absolutely, Pavel. So the one that uh, I thought we should maybe start talking about um, is Loyalty Redefined. And this is for um, Shell Go Plus, which is the UK program. And mm -hmm. I suppose plenty of people will be familiar with maybe the previous program, which was the Drivers Club. Um, and I think from my research, it had about a million and a half members already. So I can only imagine the amount of work that went into um redeveloping something, you know, literally, I think, strategically, um, you know, repositioning it is, is, I think, what I saw coming through. So, so is that why it won the loyalty redefined? And maybe you can tell us about Go Plus as a program. 
so indeed, Shellgo Plus uh, in in the UK uh, is a is our first uh, type of a scheme, which I call this a point free uh, scheme, where we where we don't don't issue issue points. Uh, the amount of work this yeah. has been a uh, this was a multi year pro- project going to get this off the ground. Yeah, uh, it did uh, replace the previous Shell Drivers Club um, uh, in March uh, March last year. Yeah, and Shell Go Plus is a visit-based scheme, so where uh, customers get benefits just by being a member, mm-hmm. just by using using a card, is either in a in their mobile phone or uh, a plastic card, a typical plastic card. They get a customer gets a discount on a on a range of mm-hmm. uh, refreshments from uh, from the Jamie Oliver range, uh, discount on car wash, discount on Costa Coffee, and and others, mm-hmm. uh, and then after. Uh, kind of a 10 qualifying visits and those qualifying visits might be a few purchase might be purchase mm-hmm. in the uh, in the shop they get a they get a reward that they could they can use uh, towards their uh, towards their future purchase and then we treat them through through various offers and surprise and delight offers uh, along the way on the journey so it is a bit surprising uh, surprising methodology for customers yeah uh, but we see a, a good take up. Uh, those customers who participate, they they certainly uh, like it. They spend uh, more money. They they visit uh, sites often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our job now is to kind of keep expanding this, creating the reach. Yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the the uh, COVID crisis did not help us. Sure. Uh, um, so we put a bit of a break on on the entire process, but we are very well in a, in a place to restart and and yeah. run the show uh, continuously. Yeah, and I can imagine it being a multi-year program, Pavel, because um, I think first and foremost the um, the decision to remove points. I can only imagine the amount of debate that must have gone on internally. So I want to ask you about that after this. Um, but also, I suppose what I really love about the program is it's a shift from the pure fuel focus and into the store. So from a commercial point of view, which is the point you opened with, um, we're here to drive profitability returns for our shareholders. So I think that's a very brave decision. It sounds so easy. It sounds so obvious. Um, But actually, Drivers Club had a huge legacy and amazing brand awareness and obviously massive loyalty. So tell me, like, because I really hear a lot of pride in your voice when you say about going point three. Tell me about the journey to making that decision. Uh, Well, the decision's been been tough and to large extent, uh, this has been a brave decision with no data, right? So sure. with this, I take yeah. I take my hat off to wow. to our senior management who's been uh, willing to take uh, or put the bet on this. Uh, I think it's fair to say that at this moment, uh, this is the only market where we run this scheme mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a visit base, and we need to make sure that we prove to the business that this is indeed the way yeah. uh, the way forward because it that that decision. Uh, has not been taken very uh, very lightly yeah. uh, very lightly but uh, but exactly as you say that the um, one of the key uh, drivers for introduction of Shell Go Plus was 
indeed expanding the offer beyond just fuel. Yeah. Uh, we have been historically a fuels retailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand that uh, or we, where we want to position the company is, uh, is being a mobility retailer where we help mm. our customers respectively what their mobility needs, mm. needs are, whether they fill up uh, with fuel, whether they charge their EV vehicles, whether they use uh, any other alternative fuels, mm. but also they, they, they've got their needs when they are on the road as uh, as people, right? I have got my, my personal needs. I need a cup yeah. of coffee. And yeah. As a matter of fact, I need yeah. multiple cups of coffee <laughs> in a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or get a get a uh, glass of water uh, or, or bottle of water. Uh, yeah. Get my refreshment. Get a sandwich along the way when I travel. So yeah. all of those needs are now captured uh, as a part of the the CVP. Yeah. And I guess I suppose what I'm wondering, Pavel, is you could easily have done that extension into the retail side um, still using points. So can you share with us why you uh, felt that it was important to move away from the points type structure? I think UK specifically, I can always see UK as a uh, as a as probably one of the, or if not the most advanced uh, market or loyalty markets. Yeah. And we simply felt that in this market, we need to bring a revolutionary change okay. as opposed to evolutionary change in Got order it. to succeed, succeed okay. long term. Nice. Okay. Wow. That's a big statement, revolutionary rather than evolutionary. I can, again, imagine the internal debate. So well done you. So we will watch with interest. And again, as we said, you already have the um, Loyalty Redefined Award. So um, clearly the judges for the Loyalty Magazine were impressed. Um, The next one I wanted to ask you about is your work in China. And you won for this particular program, the best loyalty program of the year, as well as the best new loyalty launch. So, you know, from a marketeer's perspective, first of all, hats off to you because they're the ones everybody wants to win. So tell us about uh, what's happening with Shell in China. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting, interesting case, because as a matter of fact, in China, the scheme is called Shell Club Smart, as our traditional schemes in many of the other markets. Mm-hmm. The, the offer is also very traditional. Customers simply collect points. Okay. Then they, they accumulate points and they can use the points towards a selection of gifts or towards a, uh, a discount on a, on a on shell site on their purchase. Okay. Uh, so from that perspective, well, well nothing really surprising. Hmm. Uh, I think the biggest, biggest difference in, in China and what is making this program stand out is the, the, the integration with the WeChat platform. In, in China, as, as we know, yeah. WeChat is is the ever present digital yeah. platform for our Chinese customers, mm. uh, and we've been able to really tap into the uh, the inner bolts of uh, uh, of the channel and really integrate mm. uh, integrate our loyalty in in WeChat, and that's how our customers are are interacting with uh, with the scheme, uh, and that's that's what's making this successful, and we keep. Signing up by a, a, a hundreds of thousands of customers basically every single month. So wow. Wow. Uh, the, the scheme in China is it continues to fly. 
Wow. And I'm assuming you have um, probably quite a sizable team in China, Pavel. Would that be fair to say in order to localize to a market that, let's be honest, is very different from, from what you're doing in the UK and US? Oh, the team is not huge. Uh, what's, uh, th- this is where the, the power of, of, uh, of an international company comes in place, right? So we have yeah. used, we've used our, our resources in, in, uh, and, and pulled our resources to actually make, th- make this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a team member who is in my global loyalty team right now, who was actually at the time of preparation, who was based in China and okay. helped to launch this. And she, mm-hmm. she helped to, uh, put this in place uh, mm. successfully. She's done a brilliant job. Uh, she's she's now using the experience and helping other markets to to go on that uh, on that similar journey. I think yeah. it's also fair to mention that in China, obviously the the market landscape is slightly different to uh, to other markets because we cooperate with uh, local okay. uh, joint ventures. Okay. Uh, so we need to get the, the JVs on board. We need to, in a way, sell it to them, make sure that they, they yeah. understand the CVP and they have their own loyalty, uh, small loyalty teams. And with that, we kind of pull the resources and, and mm. make, uh, make things happen in the, in, uh, for the customer. I think the next part really that's interesting for me, Pavel, is you mentioned that you're doing a lot of work with nature-based programs. So carbon offset type concepts. And this is, again, something we see coming through in, in so much consumer research um, and just in general, I suppose. And maybe pre-COVID, it was more of a, you know, a concern for, for consumers because, you know, we didn't have to, to deal with our personal health. I suppose the planet's health was our top concern, but obviously it's an energy company it's a super important topic for you so how do you manage to um to to build loyalty through these type of uh, value propositions mm-hmm, indeed uh so we as a as a company have announced our our commitment uh, to be carbon neutral by uh, by 2050 uh and we need to make sure that this does not uh, become just a commitment on a on a PowerPoint or in, in a press release. Okay. Uh, so we are taking number of uh, different initiatives, number of steps to help our to, to not only um, uh, offset the the carbon. Um, um, from our operations, okay. uh, but also but also help our customers, right? So mm. the, to help them to offset the the, the creation of the carbon uh, through uh, the use of our products. Uh, so and one of the ways one of the ways that we have in, uh, introduced in Netherlands and in the UK mm. uh, is a uh, opportunity for our customers to drive carbon neutral. Nice. Uh, we do this by uh, introducing a, a scheme as a part of the the loyalty offer, uh, mm-hmm. where customers can drive carbon neutral by protecting and replanting forests. So in in the UK, uh, mm-hmm. whenever customers use the Shell Go Plus app or okay. card or key fob, yeah. uh, we for each liter that they fill up uh, will offset those carbon emissions uh, from the purchase that they make, and and we then partner with uh, with local um, organizations and and plant plant forests and replant forests or protect forests, uh, and we could be offset that carbon that way. And similarly, mm-hmm. similarly in uh, uh, in Netherlands, customers can basically use their points. 
to uh, to okay. offset their, their carbon footprint. Lovely. So we see this as a, one of the one of the ways to uh, reduce the, the the carbon footprint of not only the company but also the customers using our our mm. products. And, and this will become uh, one of the standard norms in in the in the schemes uh, as we go forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And I suppose we all talk a lot about uh, building emotional loyalty rather than transactional loyalty. So it sounds like that that's actually going to do all of that, because at the end of the day, yes, we all want our our rewards and whatever they, they, you know, what shape or form they take. But actually, I think more and more and perhaps accelerated by COVID, as we've talked about, in fact, on this Mm -hmm. show as well, people are becoming more conscientious and uh, questioning their values a lot more. So it certainly sounds like something that you see um, expanding into more of your markets. Is that fair to say? Uh, that that's uh, absolutely absolutely true. Not, I can't talk about the speed and how quickly we'll be able to do this. Obviously, mm. uh, but the critical piece in all of this is to make it easy easy for customers and frictionless to participate. Yeah, uh, because uh, we don't want customers to take any, any extra efforts to to mm. be able to participate. So the easier and yeah. simpler the customer experience is, then then uh, the more successful the offer will be. Absolutely. Are you quite advanced around uh, down that journey, Pavel, or would you say it's early days just to get a sense of um, how mature uh, it is? As- I, 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 well, I think the, the, the entire sustainability agenda of us as a as a yeah. shell group of companies is quite advanced. We do a lot of lots I of activities, yeah. uh, so this this is quite high on the on the on the agenda. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, as you said, it's one thing to start with it as a, as a vision, you know, from a, a leadership team. It's another thing to execute. And again, particularly in 45,000 retail sites, as we talked about, it's not a, not a small project. <laughs> Brilliant. The other big subject, and we've talked about this before together, Pavel, um, I saw you doing a great speech in London uh, last year. And, uh, you know, the subject of coalition programs inevitably comes up. And, you know, Shell has obviously amazing opportunities to to join or not join loyalty programs, sorry, coalition programs around the world. What is your view on, on being in a coalition as, I suppose, the key category that most coalition programs are really chasing? So I'm sure you get uh, invitations in every single country. Tell us your thinking on coalition. Yeah, so I think I think that the, the theme of coalition has been discussed so widely, right? So uh, is a often a conflicting conflicting views from various mm-hmm. uh, parts of the coalition on the KPIs, and that often creates a bit of a bit yeah. of a challenge in the creation of the the coalition. We are part of coalitions in in Netherlands uh, with Airmiles, with Canada with Airmiles, with in Bonusling in Malaysia, uh, and these schemes do have their own place. Uh, I'm, I'm not doubting those at all. Uh, we've been partnering with these for so many, yeah. so many years that we, uh, uh, that this has become part of our DNA. Yeah. Uh, and we will, we need to continue. We need to continue work with these. Um, I would, I would probably refer to one of your uh, not so recent uh, podcast with uh, with Brian Person, yeah, uh, from the, the the former CEO of, of Loyalty One, right? She's the operator of Elmas totally. uh, in Canada. Yeah, uh, and I must say, I, I loved his definition as a loose coalition of brands, uh, and this is where the future 
Yes. Uh, this is where I see the future of these coalitions. Yeah. Right? We need to, the, those coalitions need to find a way yeah. to reinvent um, the chemistry between, between the partners mm. uh, so, that, uh, so that those partners, those, those different partners create a partnerships and create a all around customer uh, customer friendly CVP, mm. uh, which then also delivers benefits to the various and, and even even benefits to the various uh, various partners. Mm. And I think those loose coalitions of brands, mm. we will see uh, we will see a rise of those. Uh, if if mm. nothing else, uh, our uh, our work with Fuels Reward Network in the US is a is a is a great example of this. Yeah. Right? So we've be, we have been partnering with multiple brands, yeah. uh, and it's not a it's not a closely linked coalition that nobody else get in can mm. get in. Mm. But it is a very uh, it is it is a clear win win partnerships between mm. those. Uh, between those two or or many other brands mm. uh, who deliver value to to end customer mm. uh, and both of the brands are actually uh, benefiting from this mm. so that's yeah. that's where I see yeah. see coalition schemes going I love it and again I love the fact that you have the um the strategic perspective globally because I think what many of us have is you know a country specific view you know I've got most of my practical experience in Ireland to be honest so very hard mm-hmm. to um to evaluate um what to do in in new countries but mm-hmm. and yeah. I know we often say that in the US it's a country that doesn't really have a classic coalition um but I think the point you made to be before Pavel or or maybe it was when you were speaking but I remember thinking it is sometimes the the level of how mature the market is or how mature the coalition is. So yeah. if it is a clear market leader and is, you know, a core part of consumer culture, like in Canada, then of course you want to be part of it because it's super powerful. But if Absolutely. you're interesting, a new country, for example, and nobody's got something, then why would you um, get into the complexity, I suppose, of tying yourself up too much? Is that a good summary? Indeed. I think that's a, that's a very good summary. And we do have a few markets where we are as a matter of fact talking to various yeah. coalition yeah. Uh, coalition setups right they are not necessarily coalition that i run a loyalty scheme can yeah. you connect yeah. but these are uh, these are um, uh, mm. enterprises that try to bring multiple partners under one yeah. Uh, under one umbrella, yeah. uh, and uh, the moment we, and I think there are, there are a couple of principles that we mm. uh, we try to enforce when we are entering these uh, coalition discussions and negotiations. Mm. Uh, one, if nothing else, one the most important one is the ownership of data. Uh, and the usage of data and access access to data access to reporting yeah. right so yeah. um, once that premise is met then we can advance in the in the in the, uh, in the next stage of the negotiation okay and you mean um, exclusive ownership of the data or shared ownership of the data well, if this is if this is customer who uh, is visiting Shell, I want to know about that customer. I want to make sure that I can yeah. freely and easily talk to him or her yeah. uh, and have an access to that uh, to that customer. Uh, and if that's if there is any any sign of a barrier to access that customer, then to me that's a showstopper. Okay. Yeah. Alarm bells immediately. Exit stage <laughs> left. Huh. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I think you're right, actually. And Brian Pearson did use the term partnership uh, rather than coalition. And something mm-hmm. I have learned, Pavel, I don't know about you, but um, I've negotiated many partnerships over the years, as, as listeners will know. And to me, as soon as it gets into, we're going to need like a 50 page legal document to cover all of the ins and outs, then I get bored and I'm like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> if, yeah. I can't, if I can't keep up with the legals, then the customer's definitely not going to. So yeah, exactly. loose, loose partnerships give you the flexibility to say, look, we're all well-intentioned. We all want to make this work. So let's do our best. (laughs) So good. Okay. So loose partnerships all around. Brilliant. The last two questions I wanted to ask you, Pavel, were um, around, I suppose, first of all, your team. You did mention somebody before. So I'd love to just get a sense of the scale of your, I suppose, direct team. And then, um, you know, maybe just also just have a quick chat about KPIs because really keen to see what, um, what you focus on with, again, your kind of global perspective for, for the Shell brand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, team, I mean, it depends on, on what perspective we take, right? So, my direct team is actually very small. Okay. I've got, I've got a, uh, in total, uh, seven of us as a global wow. loyalty team. Wow. But we do act as a, as a classical subject matter experts. Nice. Uh, and we support our, our markets to, yeah. uh, to run the okay. schemes, yeah. to uh, extract value uh, mm-hmm. from the scheme, mm-hmm. to we help them to evolve to CVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we use all of the data to inspire the rest of the organization to, uh, to harness the power of, uh, power of loyalty. Mm-hmm. So uh, my direct team is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a uh, local market colleagues, our loyalty champions. So we have anywhere from one person to, uh, to a five to 10 people kind of a team. So obviously depending on a, on a, on a, on a size, uh, size of the market, uh, our job is to help them to their job or the, the, the role of my global team mm. is to help the, the local teams to do the, their job smartly and efficiently and help, the, help them to, uh, educate. And it was, mm. uh, uh, it was great to great to listen to uh, your recent podcast with Loyalty Academy uh, because we've just uh, we've just agreed with Loyalty Academy and yeah. I was uh, I was extremely pleased that uh, over sixty people from from the, the extended global loyalty team okay. uh, have actually signed up to Loyalty Academy and will be participating in wow. in, uh, in in following their uh, their learning learning journey. So well. Done. Uh, um, that's th- a huge, that is, that is, yeah, amazing yeah. work. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I love to hear that. So that's one, that's one of our, that's one of our, uh, one of our part of our role is to help to the local teams and educate them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Phenomenal. Well, I mean, just seven people, but I, the fact that they're subject matter experts. Yeah. That's a, that's amazing. And you used the evolved, the, the CVP as the, the key objective. And I guess mm-hmm. you advise on, on the evaluation piece as well. Do you, in terms of the, the return on, on the loyalty investment, is that part of that team? 
Absolutely. I sometimes use the, the analogy of a, of a car manufacturer, right? So we've got okay. uh, our, our job is to design the car, design the loyalty scheme yeah. uh, so that it drives uh, drives properly. We've got our IT teams and technology teams and technical teams who then yeah. develop uh, or bring the, the actual solution to us. Yeah. But they, they give it to market and market is the driver. Yeah. Uh, and then our, our role is to help to use the data from the scheme to drive the car drive the scheme yeah. at the at the optimum optimum performance not too yeah. fast but not slow yeah uh, and at the right level keeping the right direction keeping the right space uh, right uh, right pace yeah uh, so some of the some of the metrics and and obviously the, the value of the scheme comes uh, from generating dollars and right? mm. we are um, uh, we are a commercial enterprise uh, we need to yeah uh, provide solution to our customers so that mm. they are happy yeah. uh, and they are uh, they they find it uh, that they are happy to spend money spend their their precious money with us and that's yeah. uh, that's ultimately the role of of loyalty mm. uh, how we measure uh, yeah we measure by penetration so that how many customers mm-hmm. uh, actually yes. use the card on a, on a, on a site and either penetration on on mm. transaction penetration on the total fuel volume mm. penetration on the, the total nfr spend and it's a kind of a mixture of, of uh, metrics mm-hmm. obviously the actual fuel volume and, and spend mm-hmm. and uh, is important mm. The size of membership base, okay. uh, active customers, how, how, what's their activity rate, uh, how many of these customers are contactable, because we know the wow. moment customer is contactable, we can talk to him, we yeah. can engage him, and, and the moment we can yeah. uh, engage with active customers, we know from data that they they spend again and that the margin we get from them is is bigger yeah uh, and then there are financial contribution kpis basket size uh, the actual generated margin mm. um, something that we call a, a defended defended business mm-hmm. right so how much we would, we would lose uh, if we did not have the scheme okay uh, so kind of a defended defended volume mm. uh what would we lose if we closed the scheme yeah uh, so these are some of the more more detailed metrics that we've got in place as well mm. i think my favorite of all of those pavel is the contactable one because um i think everybody has that but but i'm not sure if it's always on the list of kpis i think we do tend to get um more concerned with things like penetration and 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 you know the size of the base but the size of the contactable base you're absolutely right is is a very specific insight which gives you so much more power so um love to yeah. hear that coming through wow absolutely i think the contactability is mm. one of the most critical ones right yeah. because you can yeah. grow new customers yeah. and we've had a number of uh, challenges uh in the past where we grow, grew the schemes but actually we did not collect the collected the right contact details yeah. or not the right consent details yeah uh, and at that moment it's a passive achiever that that customer is a passive achiever can mm-hmm. participate mm-hmm. rides the boat but we can't actually serve him the good meal so yeah. uh, i'd like to know uh, about that person i'd like to know yeah. uh, how much he or she spends and then talk to talk mm-hmm. to the customer itself to serve the right uh, relevant offer uh, mm-hmm. which resonates with the customer
Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, on that note, Pavel, I have to say I've asked absolutely everything I've been dying to ask you for at least a year. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, to comment from your side in terms of your own uh, journey with loyalty? I think loyalty uh, as, an, as an industry goes through an interesting period now. Um, we have seen uh, through the probably weirdest year ever for yeah. all of us. Yeah. Uh, we have seen the increasing importance of loyalty. Mm. Uh, and uh, many brands do see this as well because we know that loyalty scheme is able to protect some of the revenue, mm. uh, even in these difficult, uh, difficult times. Mm. Uh, and we have seen this. We have seen this clearly in our results. We've seen that loyalty members, that, that the spend of our loyalty members declined mm. significantly less than the others wow. uh, and that's uh, that's important to keep in mind so yeah. uh, we are in a, in that uh, in that period where loyalty is on the um mm. on the on, on, on mm. the top of uh, top of attention for many 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 stakeholders many brands yeah. uh, and we need we need to use this to educate uh, the entire industry mm. i think there are there's room to grow uh, the number of trends that i see I mean, we talked about uh, about points and the importance of points. I think they will stay with us for a long period, right? But uh, the I think what's going to be more important is the actual benefit rather than the points mm. uh, and the experience of redeeming points. Yes. Uh, so the experience will be more and more important, mm. and it's uh, yeah. it's a significant. It, it matters yeah. uh, if I get the toaster. Mm -hmm. in a ugly ugly plastic bread <laughs> yeah <laughs> or whether i get the toaster in a in a beautiful package then a handwritten thank you note right so that's that it matters yeah. but there are some trends that i kind of see it, it is the decreasing importance of the actual points yeah i think the inst instant gratification Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be more important. And that's what, that's what we are doing with uh, Shell Go Plus uh, in the UK. And it, it proves that that's the right step in, it's a step in the right direction. Mm. Uh, the customer experience will need to be frictionless and integrated yeah. uh, across many other touch points. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about the usage uh, and ownership of data. I think mean, that's going to be more and more important. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think in order to succeed, uh, brands needs to and marketers needs to learn how to mm. um, how to uh, collect data and use them properly from mm. multiple data sources mm -hmm. for the benefit of a customer. Mm -hmm. I think there is one piece that, and we talked about partnership, uh, partnerships a bit, bit as well. Uh, I think it'll be worth probably uh, a podcast on its own uh, is the increased use of loyalty data in uh, communication and advertising. Uh, to pretty much optimize the advertising spend. I think this is an opportunity that mm -hmm. I think some brands are already using, but this is a, a trend that I will see, I think will, will be more and more important when, because why would you spend precious advertising dollars on those who are already with you? Mm -hmm. uh, because you know about them. Mm. Uh, so the use of loyalty data in communications and serving the right mm. uh, targeted uh, communications, the right customers, I think will be more and more important. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think loyalty is going through uh, through a, a uh, high times uh, on top of interest of many brands. I think it's an opportunity to grab. Absolutely. And actually what I really love, Pavel, is um, every time I hear anybody from Shell talking about loyalty, um, and in fact, I've interviewed Crispin Rogers, um, who I'm sure you know uh, from his many years in Shell as well. Yes, of course. (laughs) But what I love is that there's such a a belief and a commitment to loyalty um, as a structured marketing tool and with a very commercial expectation. So it's respected in the company and that, that doesn't always happen happen because I've certainly gone into companies where it's just seen as a cost line. So um, the fact that you guys are, are earning that respect and you're able to prove um, exactly what you're driving and defending, uh, to use the term that you mentioned earlier, I think is a huge credit to you. Thank you very much. Uh, we are on that journey and the inspiration yeah. for yeah. the rest of the company uh, indeed is a, is a super important role that we need to play. Wonderful, wonderful. So listen, I'm going to sign off now. So I just want to again say thank you to Pavel Laws, Global Loyalty Program Manager for Shell Worldwide. Thank you very much. It was great to be here. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.